First ever episode of the Glue Guys podcast. We are so excited to be here. I am one of your hosts, Ben Bowen. I'm Drake Muller, aka Drizzy. You know, you're one of my friends. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, like I said, we're here with the first episode of the Glue Guys podcast. Drake, tell the people what exactly is a glue guy. So, here's what a glue guy is. We're the guys that may not show up on the stat sheet. Not the stars of the game. At all. Right. Right. Not very flashy, but we do things that hold the team together. Sure, We're the glue of the team. We have a substantial contribution to the success of the team. So shout out to all the glue guys across the nation. Shout out to the glue guys. And the glue glue gals, too. The glue glue gals gals as well. That's that's exactly what it is. And we're excited to be here. Pumped to be doing this. How excited are we to finally get this thing going after months and months of talking about it? Oh, man. Uh very excited. We've been talking about this for what seems like forever. Um, got a lot of pressure from Coach Zawi to finally record. Yes, we did. And so um, excited to get it going. Really are. I think we have a lot to, to say. I think we have a good chance to talk to some good athletes in the DU um, community and just excited to share their stories, give some exposure to DU sports. Absolutely. Uh, first, a little bit about ourselves, uh, a little bit about myself. This is Third year as a Division One college basketball player. Uh, second year here at the University of Denver, though I grew up in the Denver area. And for you, Drake? Yeah, this is my fourth year here at DU. I'm a four-year Division One basketball player. I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, and excited to be here. Yeah, we, uh, we're ready to get this thing rolling. Um, like we said, you know, both DU students, both pioneer athletes, and uh, – you know, we love supporting. We love to go out and support all, all different sports. So Big Pio guys. First, to start us off, we're going to just, you know, give a rundown. Uh, we're going to call it the Pio segment here. We're going to give you a rundown of what's, what's coming up this week for uh, all the Pio fans out there that want to come out and support, um, represent the Pioneers. So, man, we got a stacked week coming up, let me tell you. We got women's golf. They're down there in Florida at the FAU Paradise Invitational. Uh, do us proud women's golf. Ski team got the Denver Invitational here in town yes. in Denver. Yes. Uh, they've also got Elijah Wienig is over there overseas right now racing for the uh, national team. So Big shout out to Elijah. Do us proud over there, Elijah. Uh, men's and women's tennis both have two matches this week. Men's have Idaho State and Utah State. The women's have Portland and Oregon. So big week for men's and women's tennis. Uh, men's and women's basketball. Yes, That's sir. us. Yep. Yes, the sir. girls are home on Thursday against South Dakota. Make sure we get out and support at home against South Dakota. And then us, we're home Saturday uh, versus St. Thomas. So be sure to come out. Need Hamilton packed. Hamilton needs to be packed. Come support the boys. So men's and women's swimming. They have a meet Friday and Saturday at home. A lot of great athletes there on the swim team. And men's and women's lacks. This is big. It's a big it's week big. for men's and women's lacks. We big. consider ourselves to be a little bit of a lacrosse school. Yep. You know, obviously quite a bit of a hockey school as well. But <laughs> um, definitely, especially after last year, women's lacrosse with that Final Four run. Were, Trust, I'll be out there with my pink hat on. Oh, absolutely. I think we both will. I will so be there. they have a home game. The women's team has a home game on Friday versus Louisville. I think we're definitely going to have to check on that one out, Drake, Most for definitely. sure. 
And the men's team is home versus Air Force on Saturday. An in-state matchup. A little in-state uh, rivalry. Yeah, we, we like those. Home opener so for the men's team. That's going to be that for sure. Absolutely. We're going to have to get to that one, both of those. Although we'll have to see what time it is Saturday because oh, yeah. power fans, you can make a doubleheader Saturday. Yeah, big doubleheader. Check out the uh, men's lax <laughs> team and the men's basketball team. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had a good season. Men's lax, I know they're looking, looking, looking at a big year here, so – to wrap it up, finally, we're going to have gymnastics. Once again, one of the best teams in the nation, year in and year out. They're, they're so uh, exciting to watch. They, they are exciting to watch. It's, it's electric in Magnus. It really is. When, when they're home competing. They're home. They got a home meet on, on Sunday, so be sure to get out and support the gymnastics team. That's our Pio rundown for the week, so be sure to get out, support. And, um, you know, this week we, we interviewed – Sort of one of the biggest names on campus right now in terms of Pio Sports. Um, yeah. Our teammate, Possibly Tommy one Bruner. one of the biggest names in college basketball across Absolutely. the nation. No kidding. Uh, leading scorer in the country. We got to catch up with him earlier this yeah. week. And uh, let me tell you, last Thursday, after oh, that 49-point performance, it was, it was electric. Everybody on it campus was. was talking about it. It was, uh, it was big time, and, and uh, it was a lot of fun getting to catch up with Tommy earlier this week. No, it was. It was a really, really good interview. Um, obviously, Tommy is one of our guys. You know, we spend a great portion of our lives with good, him. In good the chunk of time, room, yeah. On the court and training room. Um, it was just a really, really good interview. I think we had some great questions. He had some really good answers, really insightful answers. I think he gave a really good insight to the Pioneer community on what he sees on the court, what he goes through off the court, and then also what he's doing in his free time with Be Different. Um, it was just a really great interview. I had a great time talking to him. I know you did as well. No, and absolutely. It was fantastic. It's, uh, it was, like Drake said, great interview and excited for you guys to give it a listen here. We'll be back after you guys listen to this interview with the nation's leading scorer, Tommy Burner. Today, we are joined here by sort of a DU legend in the making, uh, current leading scorer in all of Division One basketball. Today, we're joined by Tommy Bruner. Uh, Tommy, tell me. About that 49-point performance last Thursday, everybody's dying to know, what was it like? How did you get into that zone where it just looked like you couldn't be denied there late in the game? God did. Uh, you know, it was a long game, you know, double overtime. Um, you know, it was a dog fight with their guard going for 44. Um, and it looked, it looked doubtful for a lot, of, a lot of the game. So what I did was just – take some crazy shots, shoot threes. You know, I hear the bench yelling, you know, we get a layup, get a layup, but I just shot them and they went in. So, you know, it was a it was a long fight, but you know, guys made big shots going down the stretch and then mine just happened happened to be the spotlight, but a lot of guys made big shots. Yeah, Tommy, you talked about um it looked like it was over at certain times of the game. I know Sitting there watching it, you know, just being frank, it kind of – there were a couple times where it felt like, ah, you know, we let one get away. Um, but I was talking to T uh, Tyler after the game, and uh, we kind of said the same thing. I told him, you know, every time it looked like it was over, we just kicked the door down. Yeah, every time it looked like the door was shut, we came through and just kicked it down. Can you talk about where that resilience came from uh, during the stretch and, and, you know, what it was like on the court when it felt like things were, were done – Yet, you just find a way to make things happen. Uh, I've, I've been on teams where, like, 
guys will start complaining throughout the game or giving up or showing bad body language. But it seemed like it seemed like for us, you know, from the top guy to the to the last guy on the bench, everybody was in the huddles, down four with thirty seconds left. Uh, everybody was clapping. Everybody was in tune with the game. So I just think the the spirit that everyone had, you know, won us that game. And the crowd stayed. You know, people could have been walking off, leaving. You know, the crowd stayed the whole game. Everyone was on their feet, including the bench. Uh, so we just had that sense of hope. And and when shots when shots went in, you know, guys act like they knew it was already going to happen. So. The biggest thing I can say is like everyone on the team in that gym that day, including all the fans, they they had they had the hope and, and when shots went in, it just felt like it was supposed to happen. Yeah, no, it was uh definitely one of the craziest basketball games I've ever been a part of and I've ever seen. Um I'm just glad the good guys won, you know. Um but kind of jumping into um our first set of questions here, Tommy, you're having like Ben said, it's an historic season. Uh, you're number one uh, in the nation in scoring. Um, and just to, you know, I like to look at stats. I like to keep track of the numbers a little bit. Just to rattle off some numbers to you, um, you know, TB, your numbers last year, you averaged 15.9 points per game, 4.2 assists, and you shot 33% from three. Now, if we jump to this year, you're averaging 26.3 points per game, which is first in the nation, like I said. You're shooting 42% from three and you're uh, shooting 83% from the free throw line. And currently you're on pace to break DU's single season points per game record. Um, a historic season. Um, and I just want to know, what do you attribute that huge leap in your numbers to? Because that's something that's really hard to do. And you've proven to do it game after game. Uh, you know, what's something that you attribute that huge leap in your numbers to? Uh, like you guys, for the people uh, who are close to me, know that uh, – Growing up, I didn't always have the best attitude going into practices, games, and just the way I look at, you know, life, basketball. But I feel like this season I really approached it with a, a better attitude. Um, you know, you guys know what I'm saying. But, uh, you know, I really I really changed my mindset and, and the way I look at the game. And, and this year I think that, you know, being that it's my last year, uh, I just try to make the most out of every, you know, practice game, shoot around every day, honestly. So, you know, I'm grateful for what I have this year. And I, I, could, I can't say that the past four years I, I've been grateful for, you know, the things that I've had in my life. But this year I can truly say that I'm grateful for the team, family, uh, you know, just being able to have this opportunity. Yeah, I think, you know, me and Drake, we both can agree. Just, you know, watching your development over the last two years, it's – it's been something special, and uh, I actually always talk to my mom about it. She's like, you know, I think you're with one of the best players in the country right now, and I'm always like, you know, I think you're right, Mom. So um, going off of that, like, you know, your game this year, you've you've drawn a lot of attention both locally and nationally. Can you talk a little bit just about kind of how you're handling that, you know, from mental aspect and, you know, still being in the middle of a season? Because you understand, you know, this time of year it's a grind, and, you know, you're getting getting this attention locally and nationally. You know, talk a little bit about what that experience has been like. Uh, it's an ongoing experience that you, you have to learn from it every day. Uh, usually I let my mom read read the newspaper, see the news and everything, and I try to stay away from it. Because if you if you listen to the crowd, 
you'll be there soon. So I don't want to be there. And, you know, so what I try to do is just make the most out of my time on the court because if I play terrible one game, you know, that's going to be the that's going to be the story. That's going to be what I have to deal with, what I have to look at. But if I play good, you know, the praise can can knock you off your pivot a little bit. So I just try to, you know, listen to you guys, listen to coaches and listen, listen to my family and not try to be consumed up in, you know, everything going around it. Because when I was young, I played with the best, you know, one of the best guys in the country at the time, millions of views on YouTube. So I saw how, you know, he carried himself when we went to those gyms, you know, thousands of cameras, you know, every game sold out. And I was just in eighth grade, but I wasn't the guy. I was, you know, I was the third, fourth, fifth guy, but I saw him do it a long time ago. and. You know, I learned a lot from that, from being in those in those gyms, in those in those interviews, watching him, you know, ball his life, USA, you know, all the superstars coming to see him play as well. So, you know, learning from him has has gotten me ready for this moment. Um, one thing I want to touch on, um, I don't think the average or I don't think the average sports fan understands the difference between uh, college basketball and NBA basketball, right? In the NBA, it's very star-based. You're going to see a lot of – or a number of guys averaging uh, the amount of points that you're averaging, right? Um, but in college basketball, it's more more of a system, right? And um, just another stat to throw at you. Right now, we're 65th in the – we're 65th in the nation in um, adjusted offensive efficiency, right? So that doesn't happen just from – guys hunting shots, right? You got to play within a system to have um, success at the college ranks, um, yet you've still managed to put up crazy numbers. Um, so I want to know, how do you find the balance between playing within a system, but then also making sure that, you know, you find your shots, you know, and, and do what you can to impact the game? Uh, you know, being in my position, uh, when I first got to college is when I first started scoring the ball because that's what I was taught from, you know, the coaches I played for. And, you know, I started playing as if nobody was guarding me, like nobody was on the bar guarding me. So I always get by him. And now I'm trying to do that every single play, you know, every single play. And, that, and you know, sometimes it fits in the office, sometimes it doesn't. But every single play, I'm trying to, you know, hit a piece of my man or when I get it, I'm trying to I'm trying to find some type of advantage every single play. So once I get by the first guy, now if no one steps up, I got it. But if they do step up, now I can, you know, kick to somebody else and they can make a shot or make a play or, you know, get to the basket or one more to someone else or even shoot it. So that's how I approach the game. Uh, I just attack every single play. And, you know, if you look at, you know, how many times I attack in the game, you'll, you'll understand that, you know, I do it every single play. And, it's, and I'm going, you know, every time I touch it, I, I'm going. So that's what probably separates me from most guys. You know, if they miss a couple shots, they might fall back. But I'm not, I'm not going to fall back. You're going to have to, like, take me out. So... That's what that's what I do. I try to run the plays and I try to get guys going. And but for the most part, it's just the guy in front of me is invisible to me. And now I'm just looking at you know the second line and the third line of the defense.
No, I think that that's, you know, that mindset has been reflective uh, all season. You know, me and Drake, we spent a lot of time on the bench, you know, getting to watch and, and, and uh, we certainly, you know, are seeing that, that attack mentality and it's something that we as a team need. And I think a lot of guys coming up can definitely, you know, look at, um, you know, you talked a lot about, you know, uh, kind of was like growing up kind of in that basketball world where you're playing in gyms with super competitive guys. And, and uh, you know, you also have, have grew up in a household with a lot of high level basketball players. Can you talk about uh, what it was like growing up with those high level players in the house and how that impacted your, your development as a player? All right. So like growing up with, you know, as the youngest and everyone in the house plays basketball, uh, you're kind of like you're never the best ever. You wake up, you're not the best. You go to sleep, you're not the best. You go to the park, you're not the best. So, you know, I kind of took that out on my peers. You know, every time I got around my peers, I had something to prove. Like, I'm never the best. So this is, you know, my one opportunity to be better than, you know, the rest of the guys. And growing up, you know, I, I wasn't the best on my teams. You know, high school, um, I was the second option even in college sometimes. So, you know, that was that was my thing is like, when I went home, you know, I always had an older brother and an older sister, two older brothers actually, and they would just completely destroy me and, you know, not care about my feelings, not care about my ankles. They wouldn't care about me at all on the basketball court. So I always, always, you know, I, I always hold it against them and everyone else that I play against that, you know, I went through some hard things on the court and I went through, I've been bullied on the court just by my, my brothers and sisters, the ones who are supposed to love me. So, you know, I don't, I don't have no mercy or anything like that when I'm on the court because, you know, I've been through, I've been through it, embarrassed in the worst ways. Um, and that's mainly where I get my, my edge from is, you know, playing with those guys and my sister and just, you know, having friends in the gym, watching us all play and laughing at me and just taunting me. So, and that's for years. So, you know, once I got to this level, you know, I said, all right, it's my turn to make them feel how I felt growing up. <laughs> no, that's good. I, um, you know, I, I grew up the oldest, you know, so um, I, didn't, I didn't get that. Um, I like to think that I pushed my brother in that way. You know, but um, no, definitely. I mean, growing up in a household um, with high-level players, having that sense of competition, it's easy to see now today, uh, you know, where you get that competitive drive from. Um, you know, I know your sister played at South Carolina, University of South Carolina. Uh, she played professionally. Um, but I really want to touch on, um, you know, she played under Don Staley. I've heard you mention the name Don Staley a couple times in the locker room and, and mention your time around that South Carolina program. Um, what have you learned from her? Well, growing up, uh, if they had practice in the summer, I would be at every single practice and just learning from Don Staley. And middle school can pay dividends for you when you get to college, you know. So I learned the in and outs of their systems. I learned how they, how they might, little tricks that she might tell her players. And if you, if you combine that up, in four years to everything that I've learned from Don. You know, we have to sit here for hours, but you know, I've had stuff from a young age that many people don't even get in college. You know, many that's one of the best coaches to, to ever do it. And being around the girls game, 
You know, they can't jump as high as we can. They can't move as fast as we can. So their game is a lot different than our game. And they essentially, they know a lot more at that level than I, than any middle school guy in the country ever did. So, so to learn that at a young age, uh, it really helped me and put me in a great spot mentally. But I can't say it hurt me because now it makes me a little bit more hard to coach, you know. <laughs> Like, when I hear coaches, you know, so I had to kind of put myself in a more humble space and, you know, just be open to coaching because I struggled with it when I got to college uh, just taking coaching because I heard Don Staley and I heard her viewpoint on things and I heard how she coached. So when I hear something different than that, I, I wasn't open to it. But now I can say I've, I've become a little bit more humble and, you know, I'm open to all all types of coaching. Yeah, I mean that's 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 great stuff, and I can you know relate to that a little bit growing up in that that high level atmosphere. You know, getting to be around those different things. I was fortunate. You know, my dad let me be around uh, whether it was when he was at Iowa or early on with the Nuggets, uh, and then this second time around with the Nuggets, getting to be around those situations where you're seeing just high level basketball, high level coaching every day. Um, it does. It 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 pays dividends, and it it really does. You know give you a huge advantage at a young age as you continue to grow up and develop um you know kind of moving moving past now um you know I want to talk a little bit about the DU community and what 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 the DU community has meant to you obviously for me and Drake you know there's there's a sort of uh you know different feeling I you know I grew up here um in Denver so obviously I've you know seen the DU program uh over the years and Drake's been here for, you know, what feels like 10 years now. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you've been here for only two years, but it feels like you've made an impact that is just unmatched in such a short amount of time. Can you talk a little bit about the DU community and what, uh, what, what, that's, what that's meant to you over the last two years? Uh, ever since I got to Denver, you know, it's been very supportive. And, you know, Coach Wilbrum has really introduced me to the community. Um, and I started training like young middle school kids for about a year and a half now. And I can say I probably trained over a hundred kids. So you take a hundred kids and then you meet their families, their mom, their dad, because they're so young and you might tell them, Hey, just like you guys, I want to start a podcast. And then what they'll do is, you know, they might introduce you to someone that they know who can help you. And, you know, if you do that for a year and a half, you'll be surprised who you can meet and who will help you. And I can say about Denver, you know, everyone's like that to me that I've met. But back home on the East Coast, whether it's South Carolina or Florida, you know, many people will try to either take what you're doing and do it their own way or they won't support you, you know, or they'll tear you down. But everyone here, you know, kind of encourages you to chase your dreams no matter how big, small, you know, you never know what it can be. So, you know, everyone here has really, you know, motivated me, pushed me, helped me, encouraged me. And, you know, I can say you guys don't know how much, you know, that helps somebody like me. Yeah, no, um, I know this year, I mean, this is the most engaged I've seen the crowd at games, the most packed I've seen Hamilton. Um, that South Dakota game, I mean, that was the loudest I've ever heard Hamilton. Um, and, you know, it's really exciting just to see people kind of, you know, 
seeing us gain traction, you know, seeing people get excited about a Tommy Bruner three-pointer, seeing guys, uh, you know, people get excited. We have, you know, young kids after our games want our autographs and stuff. And it's just, um, it's really humbling because um, it's a great reminder of what we're capable of as, um, as role models in the community. But um, it, it's just really exciting. It's a fun time to be around Denver men's basketball right now. And we just need to focus on keeping it going. But, um, you know, kind of to to wrap up a little bit, um, Tommy, you're doing phenomenal things on the court, it's gaining uh, national attention, local attention, um, but you're doing a lot off the court. Um, you know, you have a nonprofit, uh, it's called Be Different. And so I really just want you to talk about where that idea came from, um, why you're doing it, and what's the impact you're trying to create with Be Different. So Be Different probably started about nine years ago when I was a sophomore in high school. And, you know, we sold shirts, hoodies, everything like that. And then I get to college and you can't make money. So, you know, I tried every way around it, but it just didn't work out. And then last year, 2023, uh, we decided to bring it back. And, you know, I went to the bank. I was getting all my stuff right. And, you know, the bank asked me, like, what are you trying to do? And I told her we're going to have a camp for kids, but it's going to be free. And it's not just going to be for the underprivileged, but it's going to be for everyone. You know, it's going to be free. And they said, well, if you become a 501c3, you know, we'll donate you some money. So I did that. And then eight months later, I got approved by the IRS. Um, and then it was late November. So we had about four or five weeks until Christmas. So we planned the Christmas drive. We did that, and now we're opening preschools and, you know, different programs around the country that all include, you know, health, fitness, and, and education. So we'll do that, and then we'll open up, you know, free tutoring for students via Zoom. You know, it'll be all online, and, you know, kids, middle school, elementary, or high school will all be able to get tutored, you know, for free. And then it'll create, you know, over thousands of jobs for, for kids who might be in high school or college to become tutors and to do it from their house. And all they'll need is internet connection and, you know, a device to, to tutor these kids. So that's where we're headed in right now. Uh, we're, we're building parks around, you know, Colorado. So that's, that's the, di the direction we're going in right now. Oh, I mean, that's, that's awesome. And as your teammate and as your friend, I think, me and Drake can both agree, like, we're just, you know, we're so proud of you and so blessed. And, you know, we, we, we enjoy helping out in any way we can. And we enjoy just, just being around you every day in practice, you know, uh, more importantly because of, you know, the person you are off the court. And I think that that Be Different brand is something that will follow you for a long time now. And um, it's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, basically everything Ben just said. Um, but uh, no, Tommy, I mean, this, is, this has been great. Um, you know, like Ben said, you're doing great things. Um, you, know, you know that we support you. You know that the team supports you. The coaches support you, the DU community. Um, and, uh, you know, we got to keep this thing rolling. You know, we're on track for, for some, you know, making history, but we got to keep it rolling. Um, it's been a great interview. It's been a great time. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, we, we appreciate the interview. This is a wrap on the first uh, first Glue Guys podcast interview. But uh, before we before we go, we're gonna uh, 
next segment we're going to jump into kind of some some sports some nba basketball me and drake are going to going to talk about but what i want from you i want you to rank your top five players in the nba right now all right you need that for me all right oh oh man i'm gonna get in trouble for this james harden number one uh Jokic number two yeah uh Number three would be, I'm going to go Jamal Murray, 6'6 six, six guard, can do it all. Um, then you got to go Giannis. You can't leave Giannis out right now. Oh, fifth. Oh, I got to go James Harden again, man. James Harden again. <laughs> I uh, I don't know if me or Drake will have a similar list. I know Jokic is going to be on my list, but uh, we appreciate you doing that. and. Uh, Appreciate you being on the podcast, so. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Just want to give a big thanks to Tommy Bruner again for his time. It was a great time sitting down with him and talking to him. Hope you all enjoyed the interview. In the second half of the show, we're going to do a little mid-season NBA analysis here, Ben. And uh, we'll talk NBA, talk players, talk teams, and give the people our opinion. So you know, sounds good to me. I think we're right about that midway point in the NBA season. It's yeah. about time where people are going to, you know, after the Super Bowl, they're going to exactly. start watching basketball and nothing else is on. So it's exactly. a good time to exactly. good time to cover this. Not for sure. So to get things going, my first question to you is, Ben, who is your team to watch in the second half of the season? I think I have a feeling where this is going. I might be wrong, but. I just have uh, <laughs> well, I have a feeling where this is going. Aside from the reigning world champ NBA oh. Denver Nuggets. Okay. 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 Aside from them, okay. obviously they're a good team to watch. I watch them every night. Of course. All right. But uh aside from them in the West, I think that people need to really pay attention kind of what the Suns are gonna do here the second half of this season. I think it's okay. I think it's time to start questioning, you know, is it is it gonna work? Is it sustainable? Okay. The Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker thing that they got going on. Yeah. You know, I think now we're seeing it where all three of them are healthy. Yeah. Uh, over the last month, they're 11 and six. So I think, you know, I think looking at that team down the stretch here, especially after the All Star break, look at where they're going to fall because really the, being in that top six, you know, nowadays yeah. is big, it's right? Huge. And it's, it's huge. That's, that's theirs to lose right now. They got. Mm. Dallas on their heels, yep. Pelicans on their heels, Lakers on their heels. Yep. And uh, so, I mean, in my opinion, if they can sneak in to that top six, that's really big for them going into the playoffs. But I think it's going to take, you know, it's yeah. going to take a good, you know, now that you've had time to figure it out, mm-hmm. I think it's going to take, you know, you have to show that you can do it. You have to show you can sustain it now for the last few months of the season here. Yeah, they have the star power for sure. And like you said, they were all injured early on. They didn't play their first game together, all three of them, until pretty deep into the season. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, but, I mean, no one's questioning the talent of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. No one's questioning whether or not Bradley Beal is a quality player. My only concern with them is is the depth down the stretch. I mean, you traded a lot to get Kevin Durant and to get Bradley Beal, right? Grayson Allen's playing good ball. You did, and but Grayson Allen's starting for you right yeah, now. Yeah, true. You know, he's start, you're starting Kevin Durant at the four right now, in all reality. Yeah. Obviously, Nurk is you know big physical presence, yeah. but um, you're right. I think I think depth is definitely an issue for them. Yeah. Plus, a stacked West. You're very right in your assessment in saying it's definitely in their best interest to avoid that playing game. Um, the West is a gauntlet. 
it seems like. It seems like it's been that way it, for a couple years It does of years seem now. like And we had the conversation the other day, you know, who's who's the tougher conference right now, the West or the East? And, I mean, I think the argument can be made either way, but I think one through ten, the West is probably tougher than the East is right yeah. now. You know? I would say I would say one through ten, the West is tougher than the East, but I'd say the top three teams in the East might be tougher than the top three teams in the West. You think so? I, I, I don't know. It, it's it's close. The East is definitely more top loaded than the West. Well, let's though. let's look at it. Let's okay. look at it and let's talk about this. I think right now in the West you've got Minnesota, yeah, OKC, yep. the Clippers. And the Nuggets, mm-hmm. and they're all right there. It's all right. within one game, one and a half games. So yeah. That's your top four yeah. in the West. In the East, your top four, you got Boston, you got Milwaukee. You know, I would say those two are powers. But then you got New York and Cleveland. But New York's playing good ball. And I know historically the Knicks haven't been that great, but the oh, the Knicks, I mean, the Knicks are playing good. They're playing really good ball. Jalen Brunson is a bona fide All Star, and he's playing like it. I hate uh, that the Mavericks let you, him. You just away. said that no, the Mavericks yeah, let yeah, him go. I, I, I am. I am sad that the Mavericks let him go, but. But I mean, he's he is a bona fide all star. I mean, still the Cavs. You think you think the, the Cavs? Cavs what, four? The Cavs are four in the East right now. Like, I mean, you got Philly so and Indiana Philly. right behind them. I mean, yeah, it, it's a half a game. But Philly, you know, you're gonna be without Embiid for a little while sold. here. Yeah, I'm not sold on the Cavs. You know how I feel about Tyrese Maxey, though. You like Tyrese? I Maxey. do like Tyrese. Maxey. You're a big Tyrese Maxey guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I mean, I think it's I think it's. I think it's close. I think it's close. I think the West, obviously, I think the West one through ten is probably yeah. tougher, but especially one through eight, one through nine, really. When you get to the Lakers yeah. there at nine, then you have Golden State. That brings me my second team in the West. That's I mean, Golden State. They're sitting at twelve right it. now. I don't see it with Golden State. This You're telling year. me Golden State's not going to sneak into the nine the or plan? ten? Yeah, I mean, maybe, but are they going to win that playing game? I mean, it's Steph Curry. You're right. You're right. And Steph Curry's all world. We understand that. I totally has get that. Been Steph, all world. Steph Curry has been all world. He, he's the greatest shooter of all time, greatest shooter that God has ever created. But my concern now is the pieces around Steph Curry that used to be there in the past just simply aren't playing up to the level that they previously had. I'm not questioning Stephen Curry. I think Stephen Curry is all world for sure. No one's questioning that. But I think the question lies in what's Clay Thompson going to do? Is Andrew Wiggins going to get it going? Is Draymond right. Green going to be available stay, to play? Stay on the court exactly. yeah, for an entire game. Exactly. I think, I mean, it's just tough. Like right now, if Golden State snuck into that 10 right now, they'd play the Pelicans. You know, they'd play the Pelicans yeah. or they'd play Dallas or they'd play the I'd Lakers. A, as a Mavericks fan, I'd be scared. In that one game. Yeah, you don't want I mean, I'm just saying that they, yeah. if you're a team in a play in, you do not want to see that's true. That Golden State team in a play in game. That is true. It's very so, true. So I mean that's that's my second team that yeah. I would I, I want to watch them down the stretch. You know, yeah. I think they don't really necessarily have anything to prove, but I think that it was it's not gonna look good on the legacy if they're, you know, not making the playoffs here down the stretch and with this core group of Clay Thompson, Draymond Green and Steph Curry. Very true. I think uh, I think it's time to. But I do see. think I think they're going to get it done. I think that they'll sneak in, and I think they'll sneak in to the plan. I think that they'll win the plan. Okay, I do. Okay, I like that Suns pick though. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. I mean, I think that there, good, there's enough yeah. star power there for them to to make a jump in the second half. Um, I'm gonna get into my pick. Okay, just off rip, my pick isn't the flashy pick. It's not a big market team. Not a whole lot of big names. 
on this team. But getting ready for this, I had to look up some stats, see where teams stood sure, in the league. Sure, You did your research. I did my sure. research. Yeah. I did my research. Good. The one team I kept seeing, the one team that jumped off the page to me was the Indiana Pacers. We talked about that East. Really? The East is top-loaded. And I'm not... East is top-loaded. I'm not hopping on here, and I'm not saying that the Pacers are, are a bona fide title contender. I'm not saying they'll make their way into the top three of that Eastern Conference. But right now, the Indiana Pacers are sixth in the East. And like I said, I did my research. I'm going to rattle off some numbers to you again. Okay. The Pacers are first in points per game, first in assists per game, first in field goal percentage, top five in three-pointers made. Side note, the Boston Celtics have made over 100 more threes than the Indiana Pacers this year already, and I think that's just a, a crazy stat. They're top five in three-point field goal percentage. They have the highest offensive rating. They're top five in pace of play, so they're playing fast and they're really efficient. And they also have the most bench points per game, and we know that the bench is something that's really important in the playoffs. As guys get tired, you need to dip. Is uh, it? Uh, well, well, hang on. But, but, uh, okay, I, okay, I don't maybe know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you I'm wrong. rattled off a lot maybe. of good stats over there. Yeah, but maybe. But it helps. It helps. Does it not help? The Golden State Warriors had a playoff run back in 2015 with the slogan, Strength in Numbers. They were running out there. Leandro Barbosa as like the ninth man. Was he really playing that playoff run? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I was, yeah, how was. old was I in 2015? Man, like, I was like a... I mean, that was Sophomore nine years ago. Freshman year in high school, we were twelve. Wait, not twelve. Was I twelve? <laughs> we were not. <laughs> <laughs> that math doesn't happen. Well, yeah. Wait, nine years ago for me, I'm twenty. What does that make me? Yeah, that makes me. That makes me, that makes me eleven, twelve years old, right? Okay. Anyway, I digress. Back to the Pacers. The Pacers have an elite offense. Okay, they play fast and they're very efficient. They give up 20 points, dude. Let me get there. Okay. Let me get there. All They're right. led by Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton. He's okay? hurt right now. He is hurt right now. Well, but he's, actually, but he's, is he's he having, back? Is he playing yet? He was on restricted minutes against the Celtics. I know he only played about 20 minutes that game. Had 10 and 13. When did, or they, 13 play, and when 10. did they play the Celtics? That, oh, was, that was this past Tuesday. Last week. Okay. Yeah. So. So he is have, playing again. All right. I yeah, think that he's yeah, playing. He's again. having a great year. Offensively, they're having a great year. The reason why I think they're six in the East, like you said, the defense is not great. It's not good. They're bottom five in defensive rating. Um, they're second to last in rebounds per game. Like, I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. That does not spell an elite NBA team. I get it. But they just recently traded for Pascal Siakam, okay? And I'm not saying Pascal Siakam is some guy that's, that's going to own the boards. I kind of forgot about that trade, okay? honestly. I'm not saying he's some guy that's going to own the boards, but Bruce what I am Brown. saying... I miss Bruce Brown. Yeah, yeah, we do miss Bruce Brown okay. in Denver. Anyways. But <laughs> Pascal Siakam's not going to get you even 10 rebounds a game, but he's 6'8", about 240, can guard theoretically three through five, theoretically, you would hope. Sure. You have to think that his presence is going to help them on the boards. You have to think that, that his presence is going to help them defensively, defensively, and his versatility is going to help them defensively. I agree. His versatility defensively is going to help him. But, I mean, he, he – let's look at Pascal, what Pascal Siakam's doing this year. He's averaging only six rebounds a game. Yeah, I, I, I understand. You know, and, and, understand. A, in a, in a, in a 10-point loss the other night to the Kings, he only had six rebounds. I, I get it. I get it. But my, my take is with the offense that they're already producing – Night in and night out, 
and you add a a big body like that, yeah. I don't see many ways your defense can get worse. Is what I'm saying. And if you're going to continue true. to produce, yeah. and, and and Pascal Siakam is also a, a decent. He's a good offensive player. He's not a lights out shooter, but he's a good offensive player. If you add him to the mix, your offense will continue to hit their stride. He's averaging 22 this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I think we could have a conversation in March where we sit down and say, "Hey, the Pacers are looking at they're looking hot going into the playoffs as the four seed in the East." Really, that's, that, that's that's where I'm coming from with this take. Really, that's interesting. That's that's where I'm coming from. I think they have potential to win a playoff series. Ooh, I don't know. If they can get up to the four Ooh. seed, if they, they can get, get up to, to the four, four seed, seed. They can win a playoff series. If you get to the four seed, I mean, you're probably looking at playing. Looking at if you're in the four right now, you're playing you're Philly. At Philly. Is Embiid going to be healthy? That's a that's a question mark. Yeah, that is a I question. Mean, where, that's a big like, question mark. Like, for, where does for the where does right Philly now? either jump to? Which I mean. They, Probably won't. But where do they fall to without the presence of Embiid for however long? We're, I mean, they're hoping it's not going to be a long-term injury, but right. And really I mean, know. it took you know it took Tyrese Maxey scoring fifty-one the other night against right. the Jazz. Right. Which is it's Jazz. I'm not not knock on the Jazz, no, but no, I'm mean, yeah. an NBA team. It's an NBA but team. I, no, I get it. Yeah, I think they're tenth in the West right now. The Jazz. So, so they're in the play-in. They're in the play-in right now. <laughs> Over Golden the State's got to get Golden through Golden State's got to get through the Jazz. <laughs> so, and Laurie Markkinen. Laurie Markkinen says, bring it on. <laughs> um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't not, I do not hate that pick. I think that that's definitely a team that people should watch for. Obviously, early in the year, people were looking at that team with the run that they made in the play-in tournament. Yeah. And then they kind of had a dip after that. Then they've been playing well, made the trade for Siakam. Yeah. So I think that that is definitely a team that people should pay attention to down the stretch. Quick, quick question for you: Is there any merit in that playoff win or uh, playoff ter- play-in tournament win? I'm sorry. Is there any merit yeah, the in that champion the midseason tournament? Yeah. No, oh, I don't. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm not gonna. I I think that it, I think that it was pretty cool. Like I, I got to go to. I got to go to a couple of those yeah. in-season tournament games in Denver. Yeah. I know you got yeah. to go to the Mavs one with me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, was, I mean, it was, it was a good atmosphere. Yeah, it was a great you know? atmosphere. It was like I, – I described it as – I described it as a little less than a playoff atmosphere, but definitely more than a regular season right. game, you right. know? So right. I don't know. I don't know how much merit there is in it. Like, you look at the Lakers since then. You look at the, you know, Pacers since then. Yeah. So like either team is at the top of their conference, right, but right. I mean, cool, you know, it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. It was a no, cool thing. No, it was thing, cool. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, no, I think that I think that it it's good to pay attention to the real NBA season now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I think that that's a good pick. I think it's an interesting pick um, for sure. I also think maybe we need it. We need to have a discussion about about the Heat. I think there's been a lot of discussion about the Heat within the NBA yeah. media the last yeah. two weeks. And, um, I mean, to me, if I was picking a team in the East, I'm probably going to think about picking Miami over, or if I had to pick between the Pacers, if I had to pick between a team that is, you know, playoff ready, playoff contender, I'm probably picking the Heat over the Pacers. The only thing about the Heat, though, is that, in my opinion, the Heat haven't shown signs this year of that I think at least on the offensive side of the ball at least the Pacers have shown signs that they can be an elite team I think when you look at the Heat because the Heat just came off of a what was it a seven game losing streak six or seven game losing streak one of their longest um yeah their last 10 they're three and seven yeah in the last 10 
you know, and I just, I mean, they're, he, they're, they're guarding, they're guarding well. They're not scoring the ball very good. Yeah. But I mean, I look at it as last year that they were they showing true. these signs last year. You know, it's very true. That's very, now, you, you're right. You are right to a degree. The Heat are going to be dangerous come playoff time. Right. Just because they always are. They always frankly, are. yeah, they always are. Frankly, they always are. So, so I understand where you're coming from with that. But I mean, they're only they're only a half a game back from the Pacers right now. True. Yeah. So I mean, you, you do have a point. I, I I just think you think that the Pacers have a little more going for. I them. think the Pacers have more going for. Yeah. Them. I think when you look at you just, can figure out how to guard. I, yeah. I just think it's so important. Yeah. Like you can't be giving up. I don't care if you're scoring 125. You can't be yeah. giving up. 125 you know well yeah but <laughs> I, what, 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 what is that that they're i mean they're scoring 124 and they're giving up 122 yeah. per game which yeah. is not good defense my my i i just truly believe that the siakam trade will help because in my opinion it can't hurt them defensively i, I they can't get True, much you worse can't get worse you can't go down and so with an elite offense and you made a trade that and now you could argue bruce brown's a good defender so why do you give him up you could argue that you did give up Bruce, but Brown. I think I think the they weren't utilizing Bruce Brown the right way. Yeah, I, th- I think they. Gosh, made... I miss Bruce Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think they made that. I think they made that move because they understood that they also weren't rebound, rebounding the ball very well. Yeah. So you'd rather get a bigger guy that can, like I said, has versatility. True. You know, so it, it'll be really interesting to see just how that East shakes out, especially with Embiid's injury now. I know it's 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 crazy. Like I think you look at even a week and a half ago, like we yeah. were thinking to ourselves, Embiid's probably a lock for, for a back to back MVP, and yeah. and then he gets hurt, and there's the question about should it have been a rule that he's got to play sixty five? I think I think that the rule is good. I think, I think that it it's. I think it was. I think, it I think it's too. a good rule, yeah. but it's unfortunate. You know, it's it unfortunately is. he's hurt, and hopefully yeah. it's not season ending. Um, but we'll see. Like you said, we, we will see. It'll be interesting to see how that East shakes out, yeah. especially that, that top six, I think. I mean, yeah. you look at the teams, Orlando, Chicago, Atlanta. Trey Young, we know, can get it going in the playoffs. He's proven that before. But Orlando's so young, I don't think that, you know. Well, Paolo, he's Paolo's legit. Good. He's, he's legit. legit. He is legit. He is I legit. think he's legit for sure. Yeah. Uh, first time All-Star just came out yep. yesterday. So I voted for him and – you gave me some I, heat for I, it. It wasn't. <laughs> it was that you put him as a starter. You voted him in well, as a starter. You only vote for starters. You, you only, only vote exactly, for starters. You only vote for starters. Right. I wanted. To, I wanted to give the young guy some love. I wanted to help out his cause. I'm not. You know. I wanted to help out his cause. Yeah. yeah. I like his game. I, I like, his, I like game. his game too. But he, he's not. A, he's not all star starter. No, he's like not. He's he not. Was. He's not. But you voted for it. Because so I'm, you explained that to me. <laughs> I don't know. Because I wanted to help the young man out. That's why. That's why. All right. My right. vote mattered. <laughs> I mean, maybe it did. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it did. Yeah, he is a starter, though. So I think, I think, yeah, I think the Magic yeah. are young, too young, but definitely Paulo got a bright future for yeah, sure. Sure. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for the first episode of the Glue Guys podcast. First episode of Glue Guys podcast in the books. It was a good one. I think it was a good. We one. are we are real excited for yeah. people to tune in. Give this a listen, and uh, we're excited to kind of use this platform and best way we can to highlight DU athletes and talk some sports with you all. So we uh, we appreciate everybody for listening, and uh, we're excited to keep this thing rolling. Next episode will be out one week from today, next Sunday, 
Uh, we're going to be having, I think, Trinity McPherson, the yes, women's lacrosse yes. team, is going to be on next week. So we're pretty excited stud. about that one. Absolute stud. <laughs> we are pumped about that one. But uh, thank you all for listening. And Glue Guys Podcast, signing out. <laughs>